0: Four nerds in their 30s, each with family and job responsibilities. Time is limited, money is limited, maturity is setting in, but there's always time for a little lunch. Pull up a chair and open up your brown paper bag. Nerd Lunch is beginning now.
1: Hello, Nerd Lunchuteers, and welcome to the 16th episode of the Nerd Lunch Podcast. I am your host, C.T., and let me just get right to it, and let's go around our table of justice and introduce the other nerds. First, in the spirit of respect and fair play, I am extending my cyber hand to this fellow from the Nerd Lunch blog, Jeej. Good morning, Jeej. Good
0: morning, CT. Good morning, guys. Tonight, I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep because I would miss you, Michael Bay, and I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Next one of my favorite guys in the whole wide world. The word awesome only begins to describe just how awesome he is from the Cavalcade of Awesome blog at thecavalcadeofawesome.net, the Honorable Paxton Holly. Hey, Pax, did you get the fruit basket I sent over to you?
2: I did, I did. What up, Jeej, and what up, CT? I'm just sitting here with Rusty the Bailiff playing a little five-card draw, and I'm losing my shirt, by the way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's okay, because we're not going to see your shirt, right? You're, you're wearing robes nope. you're no, wearing robes rusty. tonight
2: yeah yeah and rusty's wearing my shirt home so
1: that
0: sounds like a whole other podcast
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> another spinoff for the atomic geeks network <laughs> Pax Strip and rusty. Poker with rusty Pax and rusty all right and uh from the uh blog at geekchunks.com sitting in our fourth chair this episode is jeremy welcome jeremy
3: Thank you, thank you. Good morning, everybody.
1: All right. Uh, well, you're probably already thinking uh, this is craziness, aren't you, Jeremy? Yeah, out of
3: control already, out of control. All <laughs> right. No, no, well. it's awesome. I'm 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 happy to be here. This is my first uh, podcast I've ever been on, and uh, I'm, I'm happy it's this one. it
1: well, can only go up from here. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, yeah, I just do want to take a couple of minutes real quick to talk to you about uh, what you've got going on. So you run a uh, a blog, sort of a, a, a news opinion site um, called Geek Chunks. It's at geekchunks.com. Um, why don't you just tell us quick a little bit about that site?
3: Well, it's just uh, it kind of started out um, as me just uh, giving my opinion on different different things. Uh, I may read about it, maybe, you know, film or toys or um, posters, things like that, and just commenting on things that I can't really fit into 140 characters, you know?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I've been, yeah, I just noticed recently you've got some, uh, you know, like the new Dark Knight Rises poster and the go- new Ghost Rider poster, and you're just kind of giving some thoughts on on those sorts of
3: things. and. Right. Yeah, and it's just, you know, just one geek's opinion on Things in my life, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How I see it.
1: Yep. Um, and then you also um, have done your your background is in um, video or film production, correct?
3: Um, yeah. I've done uh, a couple short films um, with uh, a friend of mine. Uh, most recently, we did uh, a short based on uh, Stephen King's In the Death Room uh, that he actually gave us. The rights for I think we paid like a dollar. It's like the dollar baby program, and um, it was a. It's about a 30-page short story, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the the final mm-hmm. running time of the film was maybe 18 minutes. Um, and uh, wasn't you can't really go online and watch it. Uh, we weren't allowed to put it online or anything. So uh, we're working on a feature-length film right now uh, that we can hopefully hopefully get out there and. Uh, see what people think.
1: That's pretty interesting. So you can actually buy like a rights to a Stephen King short story or Yeah.
3: Yeah, he's he's had this program oh, I think maybe since the eighties or so, uh called the Dollar Baby program. And uh basically what you do is you, you contact um his office and you say, Hey, you know, I wanna I wanna create a short film based on this story. And uh you know, they say yes or they say no, or sometimes they say, "Well, you know, if what else have you done? And you can show them, you know, a five-minute short or whatever you've done." And they'll say, "Well, no, you know, don't do this one. Try, try this one over here." Which is what happened uh, to us. We actually had picked a different story, and they they suggested it in the death room, so that's what we did. But um, yeah, it's a really neat program. A lot of people um, have started off their careers doing dollar baby um, um, films. So. It's pretty neat. I suggest any, any filmmaker out there that wants to do it, check it out. It's the um, Dollar Baby program. I don't know the actual – I don't think there's like a website. I think you, if you go to his, you know, the stephenking.com, I think it is, uh, there's some information on there about it. Cool.
1: So now is there um, – so you say you, you can't see the, the short online, but is there a way
3: to get a copy of it or, or are you putting it? Um, in- you can. You can email me. Um, uh, jeremy at dot com, or you can go to the website and just hit the little, uh, contact, um, link down at the bottom there and you can shoot me an email and I'll, I'll send a copy. Yeah. Cool. Cool.
1: And then the, the, you said you're working on a feature right now. Then what, is, can you give us any uh, information about the, what the feature is about?
3: Um, the title right now is, um, the chamber of Alice Monroe. And, um, uh, <clears throat> it's kind of deals with, um, like past life experiences, uh, sleep deprivation, drugs, all the fun stuff. You know what I mean.
1: So Signs, um, sounds right up Pax's yeah. alley. <laughs> yeah, all right. it sounds yeah. like a holiday movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. As a family feel good at the end of the summer.
3: <laughs> exactly. So, uh, but we're we're still uh, about halfway through the script right now. So it's it's hard to find time to write and things like that with a day job and family and things but uh we're working on it getting it done
1: well very cool props to you i, I definitely understand uh Thank you. I understand that i mean i've done some short film work in the past and i understand the, the struggle of uh trying to make those things happen uh right. you know when you when you have all those other things taking up your time it's pesky exactly. pesky other things
3: so it is you know
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i was happy to see that you had uh 13 assassins on your blog as a recommended <laughs> yeah. thing to watch that movie is awesome
3: is it? Is it? I mean, and I had just, I had, I'd seen it, uh, um, up on my Netflix as recommended or whatever, and I kept passing it up to watch other things. And I finally watched it. I think one day at work when I was supposed to be working, but um, you know. hope
1: your boss has not listened to this podcast.
3: Right, and I think she might, but um, <laughs> that the fourteen minute or the forty five minute, you know, final battle. I mean, come on, you, you can't go wrong with that. That's
0: that's it's as just
3: movie, movie magic a right sequence
0: there.
3: Yeah, era, as you'll ever find. Blew me away, so it was great. So I went and started looking at uh, the director's other stuff and got some other other little gems out there, I guess. But yeah, love that movie.
2: I, yeah, I had that Thirteen Assassins on my streaming list also, and I saw it on your site, and I was like, man, I'm gonna have to watch that. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I actually, I just, I saw the. Uh, you mentioned the uh, Ghostwriter poster. I. Not seen it till I checked out your site earlier, and uh, that was the first time I'd actually seen it. That was pretty awesome, actually.
3: Yeah, I was, I was surprised. I mean, I, I collect a lot of posters, and I buy a lot of original posters and things, and the posters these days are just so, I don't know, thrown together and just quick get them out there, get the title on it, and who cares what's really on there, you know, that it's nice to see, especially for—it was a surprise for a movie— like Ghost Rider too, that nobody's really expecting to be very good, but um, yeah, I thought it was a surprise. I kind of liked the, I liked it.
2: At the very least, it should be interesting and maybe a little bit crazy since the Crank guys are doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this, is this two podcasts in a row that Crank comes up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. That's another spinoff. <laughs> Rusty, uh, oh, Rusty and Crank, right? I yeah, believe they already it. have a show. It's a morning Zoo in Atlanta or
0: something, Rusty and Crank.
2: Rusty, Crank, and Pax.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, on that note, uh, let's move on. Take that
0: segue, Mr. Podcast. <laughs> I
1: got, well, I brought Rusty back into it. <laughs> what you're about to witness is not real. The podcasters are not lawyers. They are actual people who have not filed suit or been served a summons to appear in a municipal court. Both parties in the suit have agreed to remain friends after the show and have their disputes settled here, in our forum, the Nerd Lunch Court. That's right, today we are going to trial. And going on trial is a famous movie director, one Mr. Michael Bay. So we will each be taking roles in court. Pax will be filling the role of the judge... Jeej will prosecute, I will defend, and Jeremy will be called in to fill whatever role we need him to fill, but uh, that will be primarily uh, expert witness. And bailiff. And bailiff. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> and stenographer. court, yeah, court clerk. <laughs> I have bailiff. a bald head for it. <laughs> all right. So, with that, let's all rise for the honorable Paxton Holly.
2: You may be seated. I guess we're all here for the trial of Michael Bay. I guess going first will be the uh, prosecution. Prosecution, you may give your opening statement.
0: Thank you, Your Honor. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I come before you today to prosecute Mr. Michael Bay for crimes against movie-going audiences everywhere. He stands accused of making big, dumb, loud movies with absolutely no artistic value or lasting quality. I firmly believe that after the evidence is presented here today, you will be in agreement that this man should no longer be free to inflict his cinematic torture on the public. I will lay out a very clear case of why this man has no right to be a director. And at the end, I am confident that you will see this. Your turn, Counselor.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Prosecution. (laughs) <laughs> All right, defense, the floor is yours.
1: Your Honor, listeners of this podcast, other Nerd tears. today I am here to defend one Michael Benjamin Bay. Mr. Bay is a director of nine major motion pictures under his belt. Beginning his career in 1990 with work in advertisements and music videos, he quickly rose to directing commercials for high-profile accounts. In 1995, he transitioned to feature film directing with Bad Boys, a movie that earned $160 million right out of the gate. His following eight movies, though not always critically acclaimed, have clearly served to entertain audiences right up to this past summer by earning in millions and millions of dollars. Mr. Bay has a clear style that he sticks to and serves him well. My opponent has said he has no artistic value, but you will find that I I argue he does. In his short stint as a director, he is already known for certain shots. Mr. Bay has pushed special effects technology into new ground, and Mr. Bay is backed by high-profile producers and fellow directors. I will argue that there is a firm place for a person like Michael Bay in today's entertainment industry, and he should continue to be allowed to direct movies. Thank you, Your Honor.
2: Thank you, Defense. All right, let's get this show on the road. Prosecution, you may begin to present your case.
0: All right, thank you, Your Honor. I
2: want to start
0: by simply just looking at some facts and some statistics to bear out the prosecution's case. As the defense uh, noted, Michael Bay has directed nine movies, and that's what we'll be talking about today. The set of those nine movies have an average rating on Rotten Tomatoes of 38.9%. 38.9%. The best movie rating on Rotten Tomatoes for a Michael Bay-directed film is only 67%. We are not talking about a guy who puts together uh, critically acclaimed movies that score 99 or 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. And so clearly, quality is not his forte. Beyond Rotten Tomatoes ratings, We also have to point out that Michael Bay has been nominated for three Worst Director Razzie Awards. He won once in 2009, let me check my notes, yes, in 2009 for Transformers 2 Revenge of the Fallen. That movie also won Worst Screenplay and Worst Movie of the Year for 2009 in the Razzie Awards. I think that evidence is pretty clear about the caliber of movie that Michael Bay is putting on. So with that, I will... Turn to our star witness, Mr. Harvey. Could you please first talk about your qualifications in discussing Mr. Michael Bay?
3: Uh, well, my qualifications include um, watching his movies. <laughs> have you, have uh, you seen all nine? Well I done. Have seen, <laughs> I have seen all except, I think, Bad Boys 2. Uh, a true gem. I'm sad that you missed
0: it. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, uh, <laughs> I don't think you're out of the ordinary, though. I don't. I don't know that any of us, to be honest, have seen all nine of his movies. Uh, mercifully, I can say that is the case for me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm missing Bad Boys Two and Dark of the Moon.
0: Objection. <laughs> objection (laughs) you you as a staunch defender have not even seen all of them so you better start objecting uh
1: i object to the judge not having seen dark of the moon (laughs) objection overruled i have uh i have not seen three of his movies i've not seen the bad boys movies and i have not seen um pearl harbor
2: you had, had to think about that
1: one. I did, because I hadn't seen it. I couldn't remember what it was what is it I hadn't seen. <laughs>
2: Another gem.
0: So, so, Jeremy, I have uh, put forth that uh, most of Michael Bay's movies are utter crap. Uh, would you care to confirm that in terms of the movies you have seen of his? Which ones uh, did you find to be lacking?
3: Um, I would have to go with... Um A majority of them (laughs) Um, lacking in different different things, um, but uh, uh, plenty of uh, action, plenty of explosions. um, If that's if that's what you're looking for, but uh, most of them um, just aren't memorable at all.
0: Do you have a least favorite of the set?
3: My least favorite would probably be Pearl Harbor. Mm, a good
0: choice indeed. I'll point out 25% on Rotten Tomatoes, nominated for the 2001 Worst Director Razzie Award. Yeah. Well deserved. I, I absolutely concur. CT, would you like to step in and uh, tell me why Pearl Harbor, or tell Jeremy why Pearl Harbor is any good, since you haven't seen it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, it's not my time to cross-examine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> In terms like of just pure that. statistics... Oh, go ahead, Jeremy.
3: Well, I would like to add that of all of these, I mean, he must be doing something right because, I mean, I think they've grossed like $3 billion just out of these, was it eight or nine films? So there's got to be something right he's doing. I just don't know what it is.
0: Well, there is a sucker born every minute, so I will <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say that box office returns do not good movies make. Yes Now in terms of stats, um, the the rock is his highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes. It got a 67. Um, and I would claim that even that is a bad movie. I, I recall uh, liking it when I first saw it and really when you go back and, and uh, take a harder look at it, it's really not a well-put-together movie at all. Can you comment on The Rock,
3: Jeremy? I, I agree 100%. I think at the time, um, I thought it was really, really awesome. I mean, Sean Connery, Nick Cage, you know, William Forsyth, Ed Harris, um, and then... Um, going back and watching it again it's just like um, wow I couldn't believe that uh, I liked it in the first place so it doesn't really stand the test of time as far as uh, movie gems
2: CT would you like to rebut this discussion on The Rock
1: Um, no I'd like to go ahead and just let G carry on a little bit further right now okay
0: all right now i will uh, pose my last question here in the initial round uh regarding the transformers movies (laughs) Uh, i will admit up front that i have not seen the second two revenge of the fallen dark of the moon which are even worse uh from what i've been told by many people than the uh original which i did see uh, and is the highest uh rated of the three on rotten tomatoes um And I know I can anticipate our defense uh, coming forward to tell us about the great robot fighting action that is present in these three movies since I've had this conversation with him before. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) and i can i can understand someone wanting to make that argument i as the prosecution will posit that even that is not done very well that um the fight scenes with the giant cg robots are really not shot that well or architected that well so jeremy i'd ask for your opinion uh, in the context of big giant robots fighting one another what did you think of the transformers movies and the and the action in those
3: well i'd have to i'd have to agree again um, You're a great witness, by the way. I, I, so thank you, thank you. <laughs> I remember remember the uh, the Swiss bank account. Indeed. Um, <laughs> the the uh, if, but I think if you, I mean, those obviously are the best parts. I think of the films if you could take all if you could take the movie and just edit out all of the acting and just smash all of the robots fighting together. Maybe have like shirts and skins so you can tell them apart. Uh-huh, yes. uh, when, when, they, when they do fight, um, I think that would be great. But I think with robots being as complex as they made them and the shots and how he, was, how he had the shots set up and everything, it was really uh, really confusing.
0: I agree 100%, and I will, I will rest this line of questioning. The witness is yours, defense. All right.
1: Your Honor, may I uh, proceed
2: Yes, you may cross-examine.
1: All right, uh, Jeremy. Uh, prosecution asked you if the if you found the f- the movies that Michael Bay has directed to be lacking. Um, he did not specify though in what way. And what what just to clarify further, in what way did you find Michael Bay's movies lacking?
3: Um, substance.
1: Substance. Can <laughs> you Can you define, can you define um, substance for
3: me? Then? Well. Any of the movies are, they, have, they try to tell these um, really epic stories. And what he seems to do is try to expand all the action and cuts into the story. So there's really not a whole lot there for the viewer to really care about. You don't care about the characters. You don't identify with any of them. But the explosions are really awesome.
1: Okay, I have a question to follow up with with you on that. Do you find explosions to be awesome?
3: I do. Okay.
1: All right. There we go. <laughs> that's, that's the right answer. Yeah. About the time you got one on your side. <laughs> yeah. Explosions are awesome. Okay. Um, your ex-
2: your expert status is maintained. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. So I. Just to kind of go along with the this particular line of questioning, when when you've watched the movies, have you been at any point entertained by them? Any of the movies? Any Any of the movies? We'll just start oh, with a global. Be- yeah. When you when you've watched them, have you felt enter- entertained by them? Absolutely. So the, Absolutely. so maybe there have been a couple that you you didn't like, but but over the course of the nine movies that you, or eight movies that you've watched, you have you have found some. Entertainment, though that may not be substance, uh, story substance, you have still found them entertaining. Yes. Okay. Um. And could you clarify what what are some aspects that you did find entertaining beyond just the explosions?
3: Uh, well, I'll, Transformers, um, entertaining as far as the um, what was what should be entertaining or. What I find entertaining about what, he, what michael b's doing
1: um i guess like what, uh, yeah what was actually entertaining uh within the movies not not side not side drama or anything like that
3: well, yeah, well, like uh, Armageddon, i mean another awesome cast put together and and the acting was 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 pretty good and the, the relationships between the characters and um what they inevitably had to go do that was that was entertaining um the island um it had Scarlett Johansson in it so that was entertaining um, That's a clear
1: that's a clear point <laughs> in my favor is it not <laughs> right yeah yeah yeah
3: um he 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 definitely uh knows how to cast uh eye candy that's for sure but, um, yeah, there are, there are certain aspects of his films that are entertaining. I give him that. Okay.
1: He has stated, and he makes no apologies for this, that he makes movies for teenage boys. So he sets out to make these movies that are big blockbuster actions that are specifically targeted for teenage boys. I, I, were, were you ever a teenage boy? I was. Yeah. I was. And yeah. what, what are the, I guess what are some things you liked as a teenage boy uh, from an entertainment standpoint?
3: Oh, violence! Um, hot girls, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, explosions. Yes, um, all the normal, the normal uh, action stuff.
2: You we- literally went in order, the exact list I had in my head.
3: That. <laughs> Perfect. That was ama- That
2: was amazing.
1: <laughs> violence, hot girls, and explosions. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Would you say that Michael Bay then is successful in making movies that, at least in your case, would have appealed to you as a teenage boy?
3: He is. Absolutely.
1: Do you, just as a personal standpoint, do you feel like, do you still have that teenage boy inside of you at times, like looking to be entertained?
3: All the time. Unfortunately. Makes it hard to concentrate on anything else, but. Yeah and I think that's why that's why I keep watching his movies. So there you so you would say there is still an
1: appeal to his movies like you haven't watched a couple of movies not liked them and then said okay I'm going to write him off I'm not going to watch anymore you do still continue to go back.
3: Right there, the there is a reason to to watch his to watch his films. and it's just for a you know a good action time. Good action time
1: that's right. Good action time.
0: <laughs> Your Honor, can we get a new witness in here? <laughs>
1: I don't know no, what no, happened. I like I like the way this is going. Yeah,
2: I like watching him fold like a deck chair over. There.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
1: all right, I I will. <laughs> Checking my notes. Let me back up a little bit. So, so with with his movies, we talked about a little bit about Transformers, and and you you did sort of make a mention of um some confusing issues you had in transformers and that that's, that's fine. I understand that some confusing choreography and, and, and whatnot, but would you, and you've seen all three transformers movies. Is that, that's correct.
3: I have, I think at least once.
1: Okay. Uh, would you at least be willing to admit though, that they are, um, great with special effects and executing the special effects from a standpoint of realism and, and, uh, um, uh, you know the way they change, and you know the way the robots change in the cars, and vice versa, and all of that. Would you would you find them to be uh, uh, at the premiere, at the pinnacle of what special effects are this day?
3: I, I, yeah, I would agree with that, but I'd have to add I don't know how much of that. I don't want to hear the rest of that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Let the witness speak. Uh. I,
3: I don't think uh, I don't know how much of that is. Uh, uh, Mike, part of Michael Bay's doing.
1: Excellent point. <laughs> However, okay, let's 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 go with that then. So Michael Bay, um, as uh, my opponent has mentioned earlier, was given um, a director uh, a director of Razzie in two thousand nine for Transformers two. Um, and part of that, he also mentioned that there was a uh, writer's uh, Razzie. Is that correct, Mister Jeege?
0: That is correct. It did uh, get a worst screenplay award
3: that year as well.
1: All right and do, do we recall uh Jeremy that there was a, a writer strike that occurred just before that
3: I believe there was that
1: uh, that did negatively impact many of the television shows and movies that occurred uh, around that time yes so uh a writer strike neg- negatively impacted the script of that movie, which then did <clears throat> negatively impact the movie um, so we're going to still attribute uh those flaws to Michael Bay, but we're not going to give him credit for special effects. I just want to clarify that. No. <laughs> <laughs> there no. you go. <laughs> I will. <Yeah. laughs> All
3: right. The, I don't know. I mean, he's a, I don't, he's a director, not a writer. I know he, I'm sure he had more to do with the, uh, um, how the special effects were executed. Um, but maybe not so much the uh, the script unless he uh he depending on how how much he went in and changed himself which you never really know you know how much that you change
1: all right all right well, i will I will conclude my line of questioning for now your honor
2: okay um
0: your honor has been quite silent during all of this. Do you have anything to add before we move on?
2: Well, I don't know. I feel like I shouldn't. I'm totally in the judge mode here. Um,
0: you could bang your gavel or something. Yeah.
2: Um, are we going to go into the second line of questioning by the prosecution?
0: We certainly can do that. If that's what we would like to do, your honor, you're in charge here. You're the judge.
2: All right. Uh, prosecution. You may continue with your case. So the next point that
0: uh, I would like to touch on would be his capabilities and sort of promise as a director. So, Jeremy, would you agree that many of the things we have seen in Michael Bay movies are repetitive from one movie to another? Yes. Would some of those things be, say, the overuse of slow motion (laughs) Um, he uses it a lot yes how about helicopters or airplanes flying into a sunset it
3: it is action it is action
0: how about pilots running to their planes to go fight something
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i can't say i can't say i remember a lot of that How about a powerless
0: female character staring longingly (laughs) as a radio transmission about her hero boyfriend comes across into the control center?
1: Objection. (laughs) What are you objecting? I don't know. (laughs) Because you know it's true. Only in in that movie. Only in that one. (laughs) Only in that nine. It's not true. You haven't seen Dark of the Moon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's true i just presume it's in there it's uh, not it it's not in there I'm go jeremy with, yes. can you answer that question have you seen multiple uses of the female character staring longingly worrying about her hero boyfriend i have i have thank you thank you
1: in your opinion i object jeremy, to the word powerless is what i object to <laughs> powerless
0: Yes, because he's he portrays females so strongly. the The feminist <laughs> dynamic is just huge in these Michael Bay movies. All right, we'll come back to that one. Okay. And we've already discussed sort of his emphasis of of action sequences, um, which we I won't I won't touch upon. How about his editing style in terms of the extremely quick cuts and slapdash between scenes. Would you say that's been a theme throughout his movies, Jeremy?
3: It, it has been a theme, and I think, uh, I think for good reason.
0: Would you care to elaborate on the good reason? I'll, I'll let the defense have this one. I'll bring it out for you.
3: <laughs> I, think, uh, I think what he tries to do is to keep the pace high um, with all of this, with everything going on. You know, you got explosions, you got hot girls running, you got robots fighting, you got missiles being launched and all of that. And you can't really do, um, you know, that kind of action with with long, long cuts. And I think so. I think he uses that part of his signature style. I think he uses that to his benefit.
0: And would you say it's used appropriately for a feature film, say, versus a early 90s music video? <laughs> um,
3: uh, what was the question again? Would you say the, <laughs>
0: the, the quick cuts and the, and the slapdash, you know, edits, are they appropriate for a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour feature film as opposed to a, a music video?
3: No, they, they should definitely be used uh, sparingly you can't have you can't have 2 hours of it no
0: and in terms of of these th- uh, sort of themes that we've seen um, from Michael Bay throughout his movies um i think the defense would say that these are these are his calling cards his signatures but would you say that we're going to see anything new from him do we need any more of that
3: oh I would say no, (laughs) no, I don't. Even though, I mean, we're obviously going to see a fourth transformers. I mean, it's going to happen. I
1: can't wait. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Um, but, uh, I know he is talking about work he's working on, or maybe starting to work on this quote unquote, lower, smaller film called pain and gain, uh, true crime story so uh maybe we'll see a different side of uh mr bay on that one but i think uh, i think we've had our fill of of his of his style i think he needs to change it up a little bit
0: thank you jeremy i would say uh your honor that uh we can't count on michael bay to change it up he's had nine movies yeah. and uh, <laughs> i think that's unlikely so You've heard it right there from The Witness. We don't need any more of that.
2: <laughs> we don't need it.
0: Defense, you can have The Witness.
1: Cross-examine. <sighs> okay. Jeremy, do you like roller coasters? I
0: do. I'm going to ask if you like sugary cereal before this uh, podcast is over.
3: Yes and yes. Do you
2: like gladiator movies? <laughs>
3: Long walks on the beach. Um,
1: <laughs> so, a roller can... coaster ride. You know, you like. You <laughs> said you like roller coasters. You like getting on and, and being taken on a ride. And and mm-hmm. I, would you say that that maybe Michael Bay's movies are somewhat like that?
3: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
1: How would you feel if there were suddenly no more roller coasters?
3: <laughs> um, seeing as I really. Only go on a roller coaster maybe once every three years. Um, I don't think I'd be too disappointed. All right.
1: Well Michael Bay movies only come out once every couple of years, so that still works out okay.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Objection. There are other uh, other movies out there. Just because Michael Bay wouldn't make one doesn't mean there's no other roller coasters. You might actually go on one that's fun instead of one of these. <laughs>
3: Yeah there's always there's the the haunted mansion um uh, the themed Smash roller mountain. coasters yeah. yeah doesn't have to be uh, flips and 70 miles an hour all
1: right so um so with but with the movies there is a certain amount of you know what you're going to get with Michael Bay so there is there is a bit of um there is a bit of that idea that you can kind of go in for looking for a mindless action flick and you don't have to really uh, think about it. You can just sort of take it in and, and enjoy it for what it is, and it is very um, uh, uh, open-faced is about about what it is. And I mean, do you? Are, what about do you? Do you like every so often having sort of a mindless action film to sit down and just watch and not really have to think about too much?
3: Um. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think you. I think everybody knows. Um, What they're in for when they go see a Michael Bay movie, but um, mindless, you know, action is great, but with, with a franchise like Transformers, um, you know, beloved by everyone, I'm going to say, like everybody loves Transformers, right? (laughs) Um, you, You know, you want more, you want something more than just mindless action. Um, with that but I do yeah I mean who doesn't every once in a while
0: and should an epic about Pearl Harbor I be thought, a mindless action <laughs> film I thought, I thought it was my turn oh you can edit that out <laughs> um, see Jerry Bruckheimer's is in my earpiece he's actually passing me questions well. <laughs> I'm sure he is and uh, <laughs>
1: Steven Spielberg is in my earpiece Um, so with, um, I guess let's go, let's go back to what, what, uh, was talking about with this, this, these things that you see fairly often in Michael Bay's films, the, the use of slow-mo helicopters, pilots running these, these things he mentioned. Um, I mean, a lot of the movies deal with, uh, army, there are armies in all the movies. So do armies have helicopters? they do do armies have pilots do pilots sometimes need to run I mean I I guess I don't really see the problem with having some of these things like are there not certain things that are always in movies of this genre are are there probably not other movies that have helicopters uh, pilots running I mean this is these are things that uh, are part of what Michael Bay has but it's I don't see how these are offensive things to have in a movie
3: Oh, they're not. But when they always do it in slow mo, it kind of (laughs) is. Is so. So you take. (laughs) You do find the the
1: the use of slow mo over. You do find it overused.
3: You you can overuse it real fast, and I think he does. Um. Do you find sometimes just sometimes just for no reason? It seems like.
1: Do you find though that it ever helps his uh, helps give clarity to some of his action scenes though just to be able to slow down the action so we can get a broad sense of of actually painting the picture and giving you the environment that that we're actually looking at
3: sure yeah I mean I'm not totally against slow motion at all, and I think you know it has its spots that can be used or should be used and with you know he inevitably uses it in a good spot because he uses it in so many spots. But um, I think just the overuse of it, I mean, you can almost see, you can almost see the scene being set up for slow motion. It's become so obvious with him.
1: All right. Let's go to the other point of the powerless female characters. And I'm going to specifically look at the Transformers movies. And, and we've already talked about the fact that um, he, Michael Bay is great at casting eye candy. And so I, I think we can all agree that, Um, Michael Bay has an eye for attractive females to put in movies. Uh, Would you say, Jeremy, that's the case? Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, are we saying that just casting attractive females in the role makes them powerless? I mean, I don't think that's what the the prosecution is saying, necessarily. So I just clarify that, right? Right. Um, Would you say that though, Megan Fox's character in one and two, and then... um, the underwear model in three, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not helping my case. Uh, would you say that their characters were powerless in those movies?
3: Um, I don't know if they were so much powerless as just they just didn't really do anything. Well,
1: in, in Dark of the Moon, uh, the uh, the female lead in that movie was uh, involved in the action for m- for most of the last half of the film and it was actually integral into uh regaining uh inspiring Megatron to get back into the battle and thereby turning the tide on uh on the final battle and helping the good guys win. I mean, she played a pivotal role in that
3: movie. Did she well, did she talk to him or something?
1: Yeah, she gave him a pep talk. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs>
1: She <laughs> so gave uh, a little pep talk.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think he casts uh female role, like you said, for the the, the teenage um the teenage boy and all of us and you know, they're obviously involved in the action for the running the running part of it. And I think that comes from his uh his past in, in music videos. I think that's where he got his eye for casting um females but uh powerless i mean like he, like you said they the females have had a um some type of a role in the story but not uh not very much <clears throat> maybe maybe with the, with the new girl he wanted to go a new direction
1: all right i i will <laughs> i will end my line of questioning there
2: all right um, prosecution do you have anything further you would like to add
0: I only have one more area that I'd, I'd like to touch on your honor and that's the, the opportunity cost of uh, letting Michael Bay direct movies uh, Jeremy touched upon how Transformers is a beloved franchise and it might have been nice to get a well produced set of movies for that franchise don't you agree Jeremy I agree. Do you believe we have gotten that with Michael Bay at the helm of this franchise?
3: Um It's I'd have to go with it's not as good as I would hoped it would have been.
0: Would you say that the uh animated movie from the eighties did more <laughs> of what you were looking for from a Transformers movie?
3: Um, um I'd have to I'd have to watch that again.
0: So what sorts really of things, you know, you said that uh, these three haven't haven't lived up to what you what you had hoped. What what sorts of things did you want to see, uh, you know, either for these characters or for the Transformers universe that you haven't gotten?
3: I'd like to have just a, a deeper um, storyline. I think um, more history of the Transformers. Um, more, you know. Backstory, um, from their planet, and um, just a um, just a deeper deeper storyline. I wanted to be drawn in more into the Transformers universe, and it just didn't happen with with Michael Bay. I think.
2: So the mythology of the Fallen was not enough for you. No.
0: It just it just made it into the title, right? That was the
2: mythology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Or in terms of the the character development, I've already admitted I haven't seen the second two, um, so I don't know. Did they really go into the what makes a Megatron and an Optimus Prime tick in any of these movies?
3: No, I don't. I don't think they did. They didn't really. I mean, yeah, the, the robots have voices and they want to save you know mankind and and this and that, but you don't really. I think with. Um, Maybe with the third one, um, they did a little better job, I think, of uh, making maybe the transformers more human, I guess. Um, But the first two, it was just like, oh, those are really awesome robots, you know. Let's see them fight. I don't, you know, they're talking about things and doesn't really, you don't really care. Don't really care, indeed.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> just, they just don't set it up for you know, the story and what they want to do. Um, I just thought it was pretty weak in that area.
0: And I would say that that's a weakness of his movies, generally speaking. I mean, whether you want to blame the screenplay or blame him as the director, the – Character development is not a strong suit, really, of any of the movies that he has done. Even when there is any at all, it's very one-dimensional um, and ineffectual uh, from the prosecution standpoint.
3: Right, because just generally, I mean, the director has final say on the story, and they there's no script that ever gets made like it was written. So, I'd have to put all the blame on him.
0: Boy, I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) (laughs) The only other thing I'll add to this opportunity cost argument, and the Transformers is a great example of something that could have been so much better in someone else's hands. Sort of the more ambiguous side of this would be if we look at the billion plus dollars of budget that have been given to Michael Bay to make movies. Imagine what other movies could have been made with that billion dollars. I mean, maybe they would have been crap as well, but I think I would have uh, liked to have seen those instead of what we got. And so I. But think, you
1: didn't even see Transformers Two and Three, so <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> I, I have stopped seeing this man's movies. But,
3: uh, the Dark uh, Dark of the Moon. I think it did make a. It made a billion dollars worldwide. So somebody liked it and that
1: money can go back to make other movies <laughs> Some, yeah.
2: someone did like
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yes carlin went 400 million times to see
1: that movie <laughs> it'd be worth it <laughs> uh, all right
0: defense you may cross examine
1: I just have I just have a few brief questions that, that Do you we'll, like sugary cereals. <laughs> Were, so were you, a, you were a fan of the Transformers cartoon or comic book series back in the 80s? Yes. Did the Transformers cartoon have robots that could turn into cars? Yes. Were there cars that could turn into robots? Yes. Did robots in the cartoon fight each other? Yes. Did on occasion the cars race each other? Uh, I think so. In the Transformers movies, were there robots that could turn into cars? Were there cars that could turn into robots? Yes. Did the robots fight each other? They did. Were there on occasion car chases and races?
3: Uh, I think there was a couple.
1: Okay, so I mean, it's. <laughs> I think I think he did a great job of making Transformers films. He essentially hit all the major important <laughs> parts of what a Transformers film needs to be a Transformers film. So I, I I think, I think he's I think he's good. I think he's good. So that. That takes care of my argument there. <laughs> I'm done.
3: Well, I think I, I think he did, but I think he hit every bullet point um and just uh every bullet point times 1000, which I think was part of the problem.
0: All right. I, CT for for the next time we do this, you can write this down in your notes. Both Call the Conqueror and Fellowship of the Ring have swords uh, in them. So
1: <laughs> that's a great point.
2: <laughs> so do you rest, CT? I
1: I go ahead and rest. Yes.
2: All right, you. All right. So I guess uh, are they have the arguments been given? We, I believe uh, we've
0: gotten all we could get from this witness, your honor.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're finished with them. You may be excused witness. Thanks.
0: Bring in Jerry Bruckheimer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, since the arguments have been given, um, I have been giving it some thought, uh, a couple of things I just want to mention. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I think, on Michael Bay. I'm a big fan of The Rock, unlike Jeej and Jeremy. Um, I've gone back to it several times. i watched it on cable several times, and I'm I'm a big fan of it. Um, I am not a big fan of Pearl Harbor, and as terrible as it is, I cannot fathom that it grossed nearly $200 million. Um, I didn't bother watching Bad Boys 2, but I actually enjoyed The Island, so... There are several things I enjoyed of his. I saw the first two Transformer movies. And while... And while, yes, most most of Bay's movies are what those of us in the legal profession would call spectacularly retarded. They are... They are fun. And that's what Bay wants them to be is fun and you can't argue with with the numbers that are popping up i mean he plays to the lowest common denominator and that's who's going to see these in the movies the lowest common denominator and And while and me and and ct who's who's the middle common denominator so so as i get into my uh my verdict i just wanted to say i think I think Bay Bay does give us more pros than cons. He he has terrible, terrible movies, but if we didn't have him, we wouldn't have that awesome song from Team America World Police. We wouldn't have... I think The Rock is fantastic. Um, and we wouldn't have the upcoming Untitled Michael Bay Taylor Lautner project in 2013. And I just can't turn my back on that. I cannot say if Michael Bay stops, we won't get that movie because that that would be doing not just the justice justice system, but America a disservice. So I have to go with CT in that I think we get more good than bad out of Michael Bay, but I'm going to have to say that (laughs) I agree with a lot of what G says that we're, we're getting a lot of just crap out of Bay. So, um... I rule in favor
1: of the defense. Thank you, Your Honor. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna start
1: a new podcast with Jeremy. Next week Rusty will join Pax and me.
2: <laughs> Rusty Bay and C T and Pax.
1: <laughs> Alright, well I had a I had a blast, guys. Yeah, that was uh, the was worst episode
3: ever. <laughs> that was a little intense. You okay, Jeremy? I, I, I mean... I've never been in court. I'm, uh, that's exactly how it would be, I think.
1: I, I, I hope if it ever happens, if you ever are in court, that you don't start just, like, answering questions about Michael <laughs> Bay, <you know? laughs> Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's, uh, I'm definitely going to do that now.
2: You get, like, non-flashbacks to this podcast. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, yeah, it was a blast, though. It was Uh-oh. awesome.
1: All right, well, let's um, – so we, since we've got that out of the way and uh, just let me, let me do – say good, good prosecution, Gigi. I, I really thought you had it nailed there. I, I was almost there at the end just kind of giving up because uh, <laughs> you had such a great argument. And
0: I thought the facts spoke for themselves, but I could see Pax is just as misguided as you are. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you both did a great job.
1: Uh, Alright, well with uh, on that note, let's uh let's move on to the little segment we call Nerd To-Dos. And uh Jeech, why don't you go first?
0: Alright, so on my Nerd To Do list this week is uh is a bit of a weird one. Um my wife and I have been talking a bit about Christmas movies and stuff since, since that time of the season and and winter movies in general, I think we kind of broadened it out to and so she uh, mentioned that she had once seen this movie with Ricardo Montalban and Esther Williams in it, singing Maybe It's Cold Outside. And so wouldn't you know, she found that movie. It's called Neptune's Daughter. And so there will be a screening of the 1949 classic gem Neptune's Daughter with Ricardo Montalban coming up on my to-do list. So I'm looking forward to that because, hey,
1: it's Ricardo Montalban. Excellent. All right, Jeremy, what about you?
3: Uh, my my nerd-to-do uh, list at, right at the top, I think, um, right now was put there by my wife. Um, she wants a uh, Diablo 3 beta invite. So I'm on the lookout for that. Anybody out there that uh, knows uh, how I can get one, uh, let me know. But uh, that's at the top of my list. That's a video game for you, CT.
0: Yeah, it's not, not Diablo Cody or something like that.
1: I actually knew that. Okay. All right, Pax. What are you?
2: Um, well, the probably the I have a couple things at the top of my to do list on Sunday. I will be running the marathon as Vader. Um, that's all nice. set. Um. I uh, just had Christmas with my my parents. My parents are in Alabama and they came down and uh, I got a new Barnes & Noble Nook color and uh, downloaded a bunch of the Lost Tribe of the Sith e-novels. And uh, so I I'd plan on reading those. And uh, I also sideloaded a bunch of uh, digital comics um, from my own collection, so uh, I'm hoping to be picking up some of the some of the new DC52 titles and uh, a couple of other things that I have loaded on there that I need to that, that this makes it easier to read than reading off of my uh, laptop so, uh, oh and it, uh, a new update this week allowed the Nook Color to uh, do Netflix streaming so I can watch uh, shows on my Nook Color so I'll be hopefully starting Watching some of the shows I've talked about before, like Veronica Mars or something, watching it as soon as possible.
1: Very cool. Cool. All right. Uh, an update from uh, my last my last week's to do. I had um, said I was going to watch the uh, Green Lantern movie and the Green Lantern Emerald Knights uh, DC animated movie. I have still not gotten to Green Lantern the live action one, but I did get to see the Green Lantern Emerald Knights movie. Uh, this is the uh, from the series of animated movies. This particular one, I guess I was misunderstood. I guess I misunderstood it. I was, I, I'm was. kind of confused. I thought it was connected to the Ryan Reynolds movie. Uh, there was actually a Batman Gotham Knights movie that came out before The Dark Knight did. It was very much the same way. It was kind of like telling these prequel stories about uh, Batman and the surround, supporting characters, and I thought this was uh, doing the same with Green Lantern, but that is not the case. So it was just a bunch of like short stories about Green Lantern different Green Lanterns, and uh, it was okay, um, but it didn't seem to connect to the movie, but um, I still need to watch the live-action one. And then just another nerd to do to add to my list is that my son's third birthday is coming up very soon, and uh, I just need to, <laughs> I need to get on the ball and uh, make, help make uh, plans for that. He's a big superheroes fan, as, uh, as probably comes to no surprise uh, to anyone, <laughs> and uh, so I imagine superheroes and Possibly, he he loves uh, like Transformers and stuff, uh, like seeing the toys and stuff in the aisles, so he's uh, really into robots and things. So I imagine there'll be lots of nerdery that will be a part of that.
2: You going to get him the uh, like Michael Bay DVD collection
1: for his birthday? (laughs) Well, I would get him the (laughs) Blu-rays. Ah, yes. He's going to love bad boys, too. Yeah, he is.
2: Start with Pearl Harbor. Yeah.
1: No, I should add that to my list of, to nerd to do Is just, I need to just go ahead and finish out the, the Michael Bay movies I haven't seen do it for him since, <laughs> I, I, should. since I defended it him for the Bay <laughs> <laughs> alright well that you, go, go
3: ahead I was just going to say you got me thinking about that too that one movie Bad Boys 2 that I haven't seen is just staring at me now I, I think I have to watch it now <laughs> I think I think what be, one, I mean, I might as well. The sickness is spreading. I think what will happen
1: is that this this episode will inspire people to go out and rent and buy a bunch of Michael Bay movies. So, good job, Jeech We're
2: uh, <laughs> 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 gonna watch a spike in Bay's gross. Just, exactly,
1: just because of this podcast. Exactly. Like, what has happened? You know, like the Michael Bay's assistants are gonna be all around him. Like, Mr. Bay, look at look at this
0: eight people rented her movies last week <laughs> it's amazing
1: <laughs> alright well this uh, this episode was fun I think uh, it was um, a nice change of pace for us a good departure I don't think any uh, lawyers out there need to worry about us though stepping into their courtrooms anytime soon and us causing them any problems <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but we'll have to do that again someday The trial the trial, yeah, the trial thing is fun uh, before yes. we uh, before we wrap up, though, Jeremy, let's go back to you. Um, can you give us again your uh, URL of your website, uh, your Twitter, Facebook, any of that stuff, so people out there listening can uh, know how to get in touch with you and follow you and such?
3: Yeah, sure. You uh, can. My website is geekchunks um, There's links to my my Twitter, which is at geekchunks, uh, on there as well as my uh, Facebook, Facebook and uh, Google Plus which I don't go on very much. Does anybody use that really for anything except like animated GIFs anymore? Or, <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know if it ever went past that phase, I, but
1: I want to use I, it more than I do cuz I like it. I like its usability and stuff so much better, but it's just there's not a whole lot on there yet. Right exactly. A dabble all right, well, speaking of uh, that, uh, the Nerd Lunch podcast crew, we're on uh, all over the social media, so we have a Nerd Lunch Facebook page, we do have a Google Plus page, and uh, we're all on Twitter. Uh, I am at Nerd Lunch, Jeej is at Nerd Lunch G, that's J-E-E-G, and Pax is at Paxton Holly. P-A-X-T-O-N-H-O-L-L-E-Y. And all three of us uh, are also bloggers in addition to podcasters, so you can read additional material from us. If you haven't gotten enough of us in podcast form, you can go to nerdlunch.net and cavalcadeofawesome.net. And also, I want to encourage you. I know this, uh, this particular topic in, in, uh, in particular has probably uh, got a bunch of people you know very opinionated. And so we'd love for you to uh, uh, leave feedback about whether you think the verdict was, uh, was correct or not and give us your thoughts on Michael Bay. You can just leave comments on either of our uh, blog posts about this podcast. Yeah, back me up, people. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. He's going to keep making movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, we are just one of three podcasts that are a part of the Atomic Geeks podcasting network. And you can go to theatomicgeeks.com for more information on, uh, on all the different uh, podcasts in the network. Uh, you can also go to theatomicgeeks.com to read uh, and uh, learn about their podcast, The Atomic Geeks. And uh, let's, uh, I wonder, I wonder let's kind of tune in our uh, little podcast radio stations and see if we can hear a little bit from an uh, Atomic Geek to talk about what's coming up in their next episode.
3: Well, hello, Nerd Lunch listeners with ears. It's Christian from The Atomic Geeks podcast this week on the Atomic Geeks podcast, I will not be here, big tier, but uh, Mike Downs will be hosting, and he'll be talking about a whole bunch of stuff that happened the past year that might deserve awards or geekies or something like that. So uh, why don't you uh, listen to that Thanks. on iTunes or other places?
1: All right. Thank you for that. It sounds like another stellar episode of the Atomic Geeks coming up. Uh, also, the first episode of the Classic Film Jerks just recently came out. As of the time of this recording, and it's great. You should listen. It's a new podcast from the Atomic Geeks Podcasting Network, the Classic Film Jerks, deciding if the classic films are indeed just that. Find it on iTunes and at classicfilmjerks.com. And hey, if you liked this episode of our podcast or any of our others, we'd love it if you drop by iTunes or I guess also Zoom and give us a positive review. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, Kapla.
0: This has been Nerd Lunch, a part of the Atomic Geeks Podcasting Network. Nerd Lunch theme by Rick Jackson. Music by Flannelhorn. Please place all trash in the receptacle. Thank you.
1: So, judge, judge us. <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> so, I guess. Uh... Hear ye, hear ye.